Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Jeremiah chapter 22, beginning at verse 13, going all the way to chapter 25, verse 14. So my main take from today's teaching is, you know, we cannot deter God's purpose in life today. It's either we accept it or we don't. It's either we get on God's program or we don't. We accept his word um, or we reject his word and we reject God. So here we find during the reign of jo- Jehoiakim, there was prosperity and men were getting richer and the poor were being oppressed. So God has a lot to say about the poor, um, you know, in, in his word, in his teaching. And, um, you know, the word of God pays so much attention to the poor because the poor are the most oppressed people by the rich because the rich tends to always use um, corrupt means and oppression to actually get richer and 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 fatter and build palaces at the expense of the poor so here at chapter 22 beginning at verse 13 scripture reads woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness and his chambers by injustice who uses his neighbor's service without wages and gives him nothing for his work so here we see you know scripture is talking about you know, getting rich by the wrong method. That's underpaying workers. You know, rich man gets richer while the poor man gets poorer. This is basically oppression. If we look at our local situation today, you know, our political situation, just our economic environment, you know, you get to see the rich are getting richer by dubious and scrupulous means while, you know, at the expense of the poor, while oppressing the poor. You know, the poor are overtaxed, you know, the policies that are in place today favor the rich, while the poor, you know, they get to be the ones that actually feel the oppression of, um, you know, our economy and our political, you know, fiscal policies. Um, Verses 14 and 15 goes on to read, Who says, I will build myself a white house with spacious chambers and cut out windows for it? Paneling it for paneling it, paneling it with cedar, and painting it with vermilion. Shall you reign because you enclose yourself in cedar? Do you not your father eat and drink, and do justice and righteousness? So here he is referring back to the reign of Josiah, who was the good king. So um, Josiah ruled in righteousness and justice. So verses sixteen and seventeen goes on to read. He judged the cause of the poor and needy when it was well. Um, was not this knowing me, says the Lord, yet your eyes and your heart are for nothing but your covetousness. For shredding innocent blood, oh sorry, for shedding innocent blood and practicing oppression and violence. So here, you know, um, he's saying, this about Josiah. Josiah reigned in justice and righteousness. He was doing it, um, you know, for God. So here we find God's judgment that's pronounced upon, um, you know, upon them. So there are two kinds, um, you know, there were two 
things that were happening. So the rich were getting richer by wrong methods and the poor were getting poorer. And the average man was actually suffering in that day. So God has a lot to say about this and Jeremiah calls attention to it. So rich men were, you know, heaping up with wealth and other uh, things and, um, you know, they were treading down upon the poor and, um, you know, it was their pride and arrogance that they were building their palaces on as if God had, you know, had forgotten about these iniquities. So, you know, you we see this a lot today, you know, where people actually capitalize on, um, you know, injustices and on, on the poor. They make a fortune off, um, you know, unethical business practices and they take advantage of this particular thing. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, do right by God um, for, you know, you may have today, you know, uh, thousands and thousands and millions of, 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 of money, but one day you're going to die and all that's going to actually be left behind. Then what was all that for if you didn't live your life um, for the Lord and you didn't help and do um, the works of the Lord. So, you know, what is all that for um, if, you know, you tend to just build and build here on earth and not build for your life eternally after death? So there are two things that God actually condemns the rich for. So the way they get their money and how they spend their money. So the way, you know, they actually use this money they never give anything to, you know, the Lord's work. And, you know, but they give to things like, you know, politics because they want favors and things like that. And, you know, Dr. J.D. McGee put out a good point. As a Christian who has got enough money, as a rich Christian, why not spend it on, you know, the poor, poor Christians, God's children. You know, as a Christian, you cannot live a plush life and be comfortable. You know, cannot live in a, you know, this plush life and, and extravagant life in, in mansions while there's a lot of uh, folks who actually need help out there and you're just comfortable with that. And, you know, we tend to see this a lot here um, in Africa. There's a lot of prosperity teaching and, and um, you know, pastors tend to actually tell the congregation to to do this for your pastor if you want to actually receive a blessing sow this in the seed if you actually want to receive a blessing and this pastor tends to accumulate a lot of wealth through um you know these innocent people who are being robbed of actually the you know true word of the gospel because they believe if we help and we give the pastor this and that uh, only then are we going to get blessed and this pastor accumulates masses of wealth you know they now drive private jets or they now own private jets they live in this plush luxurious home but look at their congregation look at their you know the poor christians who are actually out there and giving their last saint cent to 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 actually just um you know because they want blessings from this particular pastor so, you know, while there's a lot of poor folks out there who actually need help instead of helping them. So this is something that the Bible actually condemns. And James actually talks about this, dedicates like a whole chapter and talks about this. So, um, you know, verse 16 has said, thus 16 of uh, chapter 22, it says, um, He judged the cause of the poor and needy, then it was well. Not uh, was not knowing uh, me was not knowing 
sorry, was not this knowing me, says the Lord. So here, um, you know, God makes it clear. And God says, Josiah knew me and he knew that um, he couldn't be my follower and not have a concern for the poor and the needy because God has a concern for them. So, you know, there's two people who are hardest to reach uh, the gospel to and these are the filthy rich and the dirty poor. And God wants, you know, there to be a balance and, you know, he wants there to be a balance today. And, um, you know, he wants the rich to actually help the poor. So moving on to chapter 23, uh, we have a ray of hope here after the harshest judgment against uh, Jeconiah. So, um, and that was Coniah. So then, you know, the sun breaks through the darkness. And um, here at verse 1, chapter 23, it reads, Woe to the shepherds who destroy the, and scatter the sheep um, of my pasture says the lord so here um you know here the the the, the shepherds the are the pastors this is who god is actually referring to here um you know it's the kings and the politicians and the rulers who are actually oppressing um god's sheep um god's people verse 2 goes on to read therefore thus says the lord god of israel against the shepherds who feed my people you have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for the evil of your doings, says the Lord. So here, God says he is going to judge them. And this is the politicians, the rulers, the oppressors, the people who are actually making the laws. Um, so God's going to judge them, and he did. So scripture goes on to read in verse 3, But I will gather the remnant of my flock, out of all countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds and they shall be fruitful and increase. Verse 4, I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. So here, you know, the sun breaks through and the prophet looked to the end of the tunnel and he saw a light. So there was a light at the end of that dark, you know, message. Um, and um, here God says, you know, the day is coming when I intend to take over and um, there will be a different type of government than, than we actually have today. So God is going to rule with justice and righteousness. This is what he's saying. When he comes, he will rule and, um, it, you know, he will rule with justice. So verse 5 goes on to read, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness, a king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. So here there's going to be a king coming in David's line, but um, this king is not in um, Jehoniah's line because that line was rejected and cut off and cursed and um, that they will not reign on the throne no more. Uh, but God brought them another line um of Nathan, another son of David, and through that line, you know, they will come a peasant by the name of Mary in Nazareth, and she will bear, you know, the Messiah. And uh, verse 6, you know, a king was given to us, and verse 6 of chapter 23 reads, in his day Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name, by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. So, 
you know, when he comes to reign, you know, there'll be a different type of government. There will be a different type of governing. There will be righteousness and justice. And, you know, we can't say so much about our government today because, you know, the heart of man is so wicked and that's such that he cannot rule in righteousness and, 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 and in balance. Um, you know, there's always going to be somebody who is actually more, who is oppressed. And these are usually the, the weaker link, which are the poor. They tend to be oppressed because, you know, man's heart is so wicked. Verse 7 goes on to read, Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that they shall no longer say as the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. Verse 8 goes on to read, But as the Lord lives who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all the countries where I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. So here, you know, you know the oldest religious holiday that you know amongst the Jews, amongst the the, the you know the Israelites, um, you know, is the Passover. So this is um, and this is a remarkable prophecy actually, and it's a it's the Passover. That's the oldest religious holiday. That's the deliverance out of Egypt. And God said, you know, the day is coming when He will bring them back into the land and they will forget the deliverance out of Egypt and they will remember the new thing. And God intends to do it um, as it will be so far, you know, and, you know, it will be so far, it will surpass that particular deliverance out of Egypt. What God is going to do for them is going to be so great that, you know, they it will be far off better than actually the Passover and God's not through with, this particular nation. He's not true with the nation Israel. And God's not true with you and me. Um, verse 17 of chapter 23 reads, They continually say to those who despise me, The Lord has said you shall have peace. And to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say no evil shall come upon you. So here, you know, here you have the delusionists, the dreamers, you know, they are saying there's going to, you know, they're going to bring uh, into this world peace. And God says, you won't and you can't do it. You know, no man can bring peace. There was the League of Nations. Now there's the United Nations. Is there peace? No, there's no peace. So there is no peace today. And, um, you know, you know, there is no peace today, uh, says the Lord uh, and to the wicked. And that was in Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah had said, you know, there is no peace for the wicked. And the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Because the heart of man is very wicked. So wicked men in power today cannot bring peace. Because, you know, we have this old nature of covetousness, of greed, of lying. And, you know, a wicked man cannot bring peace. Look at, you know, a man who seeks, who does not seek God cannot bring peace. Um, during the time of Josiah, there was peace and um, there was revival. And then uh, when Josiah died, then there was, the t then there was um, Jehoiakim and Jehoiachin. And then there was Zedekiah. And, you know, there's just no peace because there was so much corruption and, you know, man with his old nature. So verse 21 of chapter 23 goes on to read, I have not sent the, these prophets, yet they run. I have not spoken to them yet they prophesied so here you know he turns to the religious rulers 
and God says about the religious leaders and, and the prophets that um, he didn't send them in giving his message. So God rejected both the politicians and the religious rulers. So he rejected, um, you know, the, the lineage of um, Jehoachin, Jehoachim, all those were rejected. Um, that, that was um, Koneir, Jehoneir. Um, they were rejected. So he rejected the politicians and he also rejected the religious rulers that he did not send them. <clears throat> Verse 30 of chapter 23 goes on to read, Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, uh, says the Lord, who steal my words, everyone from his neighbor. So here, so God uh, is saying, you know, to he's saying, you know, he is against these prophets who actually steal the word of God and just lie to people. So today the liberals are, you know, they're stealing out the hearts of people, the word of God. They're, you know, they're wrecking the faith of believers by, you know, watering down the gospel and adding their own things and just lying to people that, um, you know, there is peace and there is peace if you actually follow your own heart and no evil shall come to you. So, um, and this is what God is saying. So God will do something about it someday, you know. Um, quite a right people are saying, oh, you know, God has been quiet for over 900, um, uh, 1900 years. And, but judgment is coming. Judgment against evil, you know, against an evil work is, is, is not executed speedily. You know, God's taking his time. He's got a lot of time on his hands and it's not, you know, judgment is not executed speedily. It's in, um, the heart of the sons of man to do evil. And, you know, we tend to think that we are getting away with it today. Uh, and God's got eter an eternity and he is in charge. He's got an eternity to deal with us and he's in charge. So it's up to us, you know, to keep turning to God, you know, uh, despite our everyday flaws and, and, and tumbles and, you know, we fall and it's up to us to pick ourselves up and walk in the light. You know, let us walk in the light of God because we cannot deter God's purpose. So chapter 24 here we have the signs um, of the figs. So there's good and bad figs. And God makes the distinction between good and evil here. And um, that he intends to um, send these people into captivity because they are bad figs. So God's judgment um, and um, his execution so this is what we have in uh, chapter 24. And here it says, The Lord showed me that there are two baskets of figs set before the temple of the Lord after Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captive um, Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the princes of Judah with the craftsmen and smiths from Jerusalem and had brought them to Babylon. So one basket had very good figs, like the figs that are first ripe, and the other basket had very bad figs, which could not be eaten. They were so bad. The Lord said to me, what do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, figs. The good figs, uh, very good, and the bad, very bad, which cannot be eaten. They are so bad. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, like the good figs, so I will acknowledge those who are carried away captive from Judah, whom I have sent out of this place for their own good into the land of the Chaldeans. 
for I will set my eyes on them for good. So God intended to protect his own people, even if they went into captivity. And um, so God makes a distinction between the good and the evil. And judgment came and these people were taken into captivity. So chapter 25 of Jeremiah. So Jeremiah spells out the captivity and even gives out the length of time into captivity. So we have chapter 25 at verse 9, which reads, Behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, says the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against his land, against the inhabitants and against these nations all around, and will make utterly destroy them and make them an astonishment of hissing and perpetual dissolution. So here, you know, Daniel had actually led Nebuchadnezzar into um, a saving knowledge and God, uh, into a saving knowledge of God. So, um, so he, he will bring them against um, this land and the inhabitants and all the nations all around will destroy them utterly. So Nebuchadnezzar, you know, from the north came and destroyed this nation um, and, you know, make it a perpetual dissolution. So God intends to let us know that he has judged the people and the land. So God not only judged the people, he also judged the land. You know, um, if you go to the nation Israel today, that land is in dire need of water. So God judged that land and also, you know, judged the people and sent them into captivity. So verse 10 goes on to read, Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstones and the light of the lamp. So, you know, that nation is no longer the nation of, of milk and honey. And God is taking away from them all the fun things that they have been having because they have been living in a wicked way and they have turned against from they have turned against God and they have rejected God and God rejected them because you know we think we're clever you know we reject God and he rejects us and uh, verse 11 of chapter 25 goes on to read and this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment and these nations shall serve uh, the king of Babylon 70 years so here when God is dealing with the nation Israel, he deals with a calendar and spells out a time frame. So when he is dealing with the church, there is no time frame given. So today we might be living and saying, oh, yeah, you know, like um, uh, the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. Um, you know, people may be say, you know, the dreamers and the delusionists would be like, oh, he's, he's been quiet for 1900 years. You know, think what makes you think he's actually coming as believers? You know, we believe in the coming of God and God has actually, um, you know, um, he has a program and a purpose. And um, verse 12 goes on to read, then it will come to pass when 70 years are completed that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans for their iniquity, says the Lord, and I will make it a perpetual dissolution. And, you know, God has already done this. And, you know, um, God, you know, the word of God is true. And um, a lot has actually you know, happened, um, you know, some prophecies have actually uh, come to pass. And today, 
I think it's foolishness to actually stand there and just think, um, you know, we can do what we can do, um, you know, and, 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 you know, walk according to our own dictates and, and, and not, um, believe in God because, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, nothing actually happens to, to, to anyone because we tend to see, you know, the rich getting richer and using, you know, um, using, using unethical ways of actually becoming rich and, and, you know, mal practices and mal business practices and, um, benefiting and becoming richer and getting by with it. And they're thinking they're clever. Well, that judgment is actually coming upon them. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's God's purpose and God's plan and it's in his program and it's written in his word and we cannot deter that. You know, people come up, you know, the non-believers, those who've rejected God will come up and say, you know, um, um, you know, try and deter, you know, and, and, and try and, you know, uh, water down what God has written and try and rubbish it and try and say, you know, um, this is not going to happen. I mean, like we've been living like this uh, for, 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 for many, many years and, you know, let us live um, without, in our own dictates, you know, according to our own, the, our own dictates of our own hearts. And, you know, people try and come and, you know, the liberals try and come and rob that, uh, the, the, the message of hope from, from believers' hearts. And God's judgment is going to come and it's going to come with a heavy hand. It's going to, you know, it's coming. And, and this is God's program and this is God's purpose. We cannot deter God's program and purpose. You know, people come and preach peace, peace to you, but God is going to come one day and is going to come in judgment. So, yeah, this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. God bless and have a pleasant Tuesday. Bye-bye.